Wednesday night's a good night to sit down here and uh, <clears throat> if you, uh, I want you to feel free if you have questions or comments, I don't want to, it's not that formal, so uh, it's about relationship. Absolutely. Amen, that's right. I, I don't believe God's looking for... Now, you know, this might... This really messes with religion. He's not looking for perfection or performance. He's looking for permission. He's looking for those who... Paul said, are led by the Spirit of God. They're the children of God. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 1. It's one of my favorite. John doesn't write like the other gospel writers. Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they start with genealogies. But John really gives us a picture of what the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are like. Um, this is this is a moment we we see the cats out of the bag, <laughs> and that cat's the line of the tribe of Judah. Amen. And uh, <laughs> so, when we look at John chapter one, we know how it starts. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, Logos, and the Word was with." That word really is pros. The Word was face-to-face with the Father. And that's relationship. So God was never alone. You know, I think religion sometimes depicts a God who is alone, but then who would He be able to express His love to if He was alone? So I want you to look at what John's testimony is. John, the, the gospel writer is honoring John the Baptist in this chapter. And the Bible said, now this was John's testimony when some of the Jewish leaders sent an entourage of priests and temple servants from Jerusalem to interrogate him. This is the passion. Who are you? They asked him. Who are you? John answered them directly saying, I'm not the Messiah. Then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, John replied. So they pressed him further. Are you the prophet Moses said was coming? The one we're expecting? No. They're really, these are representatives of, they're dressed in their phylacteries and their priestly robes and they're all infuriated because Jesus is about to upset the cart. So was John. He said, then, they said, then who are you? They demanded. We need an answer for those who sent us. Tell us something about yourself, anything. And I love John's answer. I'm an urgent, thunderous voice crying out in the desert. Clear the way and prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord Yahweh. Then some members of the religious sect known as the Pharisees questioned John, why do you baptize? You're not qualified to baptize people. 
That's what they're saying. You're, you're not worthy. To, you, you don't even come to the temple. <laughs> what are you doing baptizing people? If you're neither the Messiah, Elijah, nor the prophet, and John answered, I baptize people in this river, but the one who will take my place is to be more honored than I. But even when he stands among you, you will not recognize or embrace him. I'm not worthy enough to stoop down in front of him and untie his sandals. All these events took place at Bethany, where John was baptizing at the place of the crossing of the Jordan River. This is 17 miles outside of Jerusalem. And the next day you find the first declaration of John. He saw Jesus coming and he said, Behold, that's probably one of the most important words of that verse in verse 29. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So when you look at that passage, it's, it's pretty obvious that John the Baptist is there like the forerunner. He's preparing the way. He's preaching the message. Let's read it from the, the New King James Version. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and didn't deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. Who are you, Elijah? I'm not. Are you the prophet? No. So we know the translation. Do you understand there's so many translations of this book, the Bible? There are so many translations. I think that we could really get caught up in the words of the book and miss the person. I had a wise man tell me one time, he said, you get so busy in the work of the Lord that you forget and neglect the Lord of the work. I know what that's like. So you can also say, have you ever had heard people say you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life? That's impossible. He's already... Nobody, we can't make him Lord. He's already Lord. <laughs> He's the Lord of everything. So religion will take you down a path that's, that's not really biblical because it's more of a relationship. It's this knowing. Here's the prayer that I've been asking the Lord and praying for the Holy Spirit. I want to know what it's like to know Jesus is living in me. Jesus said, when that day comes, John 14, when that day comes, you'll know that I'm in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. So I want to know what that looks like to the full. I mean, I know he's, he's living in us. He's there. But let me tell you, I, I'm just, I, I'm that person who refuses to believe that I know it enough because there's such a depth to having this knowledge of Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's such a, de there's such a dynamic 
in knowing that. And I want, I want to take you to a place over in Genesis 1. John is like Genesis 1. It starts in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. But you understand that translation, when I, even in the King James, the written that was translated in the 1600s, that word God is not singular. It's Elohim, which is plural. Father, Son, and Spirit. The Bible goes on to give us some indication, and you can read Scripture to, to really confirm that. Because it says, it says, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, on the face of the chaos, on the face of the dark. Because God's coming into our darkness. And God said, let there be light. Okay, if John said Jesus in the beginning was the Word, and God said... Colossians says, all things were created by him. He's talking about Jesus. Everything was created for him. I'm going to get beside myself because I'm feeling this. And he says, by him, everything consists. That word means, that means to be held together. So I want to tell you, I don't care who you are. You don't have to call him to come. Braxton reminded me, of, I told him that so many times. He said, he's already here, isn't he? I said, absolutely. David said, where would I go from your presence? Doesn't matter. Where, where I, he, he gives a whole list of things. So here's Adam and Eve in the garden. Remember? They, the devil, the, the original sin was not eating the fruit. I mean, not, I don't think it was eating the fruit. The original sin started when they believed the lie. Because Diablos, the devil, he, he's such a coward. I want to just tell you up front, he preys on babies. If you look over in Revelation, it said the woman was given birth and the, and the and the devil was there, the dragon was there to devour the baby. <laughs> Means he's a coward. He's picking on babies. And then we see the story. It, that's Revelation, but you understand when Herod wanted to kill all the firstborn, the wise men came and paid the way, by the way. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh so Mary and Joseph could go to Egypt to protect Jesus, the baby. So they're in the creation. He said, you know, many people wonder and they talk about God as if he's alone. But that word God is Elohim, which is plural. And, and you get all the way down to verse 26 where it changes and it says, let us make man in our image. Here's the Father, Son, and Spirit together. And the creation was Father, Son, and Spirit. And so they are one. And we see a picture here, and I'm going to show you some things that 
I think it's really going to encourage you and give you hope. I'm telling you, this stuff has changed my life. I mean, I'm not caught up in what's going on in the world. They're going to do what they're going to do. And we know, according to the Scripture, this world system is falling apart. It's falling apart. It's crumbling. So that He has all the glory and His glory is going to fill the earth. I want to tell you what the glory is in a minute. What one part of it is. I think it's so vast. But in in Genesis, it says, let us make man in our image. And we know chapter 3. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 just for a moment. The Bible says that the Lord blessed them. And told him to be fruitful and multiply. This is the intent of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Be fruitful and multiply. So when you when you look at, I'm going to read it from the strong from the King James. It, now the serpent, which is a snake, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did God really say that?" There's the lie. The question, the tool the enemy always uses is to make us think there's something we need to do to convince God to give us whatever it is we need. But I'm going to show you something in a minute, in a minute the Lord willing as he leads me. He, did he really say you won't eat of the tree? Well, the woman said to the serpent, we can eat fruit of the trees of the garden, any tree but conjunction. Of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, don't eat it or even touch it. Because when you do, you're going to die. He's talking about separation. And the serpent said to the woman, you won't die. There's the lie. For God does know in the day you eat, then your eyes are going to be opened. That's true. And you will be as gods. Do you know people are still eating from that tree? They want to be as gods. Here's what happened. We know that the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes. and, and, And it was to be desired and make one wise. She took that fruit. She ate it and gave to her husband. He ate it. And immediately their eyes were open. They knew they were naked or naked, however you want to say it. <laughs> they knew they were naked. So what they do, they sewed fig leaves together to, to cover themselves, and they hid in the trees. Now watch this. Elohim comes. They heard the voice of the Lord Walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, let me, let me elaborate right here. i got to stand up a minute. In the cool of the day. If you look up the Hebrew, it's Ruach. The Holy Spirit. They heard 
Here's the Holy Spirit now. He's, they heard him walking. God is the Spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Father, Son, and Spirit. Because they're never separated. They are one. They're one. So they are hiding in the, in the bushes. And God asks Elohim, where are you? Not that he needs to find out where they are. He knows where they are. And they said, we were afraid. Here's what happened. Why were they afraid? They'd been walking with him every evening. But when they ate the fruit, all of a sudden they had a perception of God that wasn't true. They took a little paintbrush and painted a face on God that was a lot like themselves he's angry now and he's surely going to take us out and they're 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 thinking about god is not it's not normal because they're in this fallen state we have a world even people in church who think they're right but understanding this father son and spirit relationship this Elohim that comes. I want to tell you something beautiful that happened right here. Now, if he's the kind of God that religion would teach us, he would have smoked them right there because they messed up. <laughs> they separated themselves. But here's what God did. He came, he came for the walk anyway. They're sewed fig leaves together and... <laughs> They're saying, we, we, were, we were naked and we were afraid. God said, okay, I get it, I get it. And he goes and kills an animal. And since you are looking at me in a different light, you're looking at me from your sinful state, I'm going to give you some animal skins. And he clothed them. Because he comes into their darkness, just like he will ours. He comes into his, our darkness, and, and, and here's, the, here's the, all through the scriptures, you'll find the, the father coming into the darkness, and Israel's the same way. They're hiding. They're running and hiding. They're running. Because <laughs> at Mount Sinai, remember, God wanted to make them kings and priests, but they said, no, Moses, you go up. We're afraid of this God. Because they, God would have let them go in the mountain if they hadn't had unbelief. And he was, he was looking, so, so he gives them even, in their delusion, he gives them a king. Okay. Gives them crazy Saul. <laughs> and... Uh, we know that David had respect to the anointed. Gives them the priest when they could have been the ones because that was man's choice in his fallen state. The law became our schoolmaster. It could never bring salvation. That means that I can't do enough to be righteous. When you think about holiness... Let me tell you what, holiness def, by definition means one of a kind. 
So when we think about what righteousness, we've heard right standing with God. Let me, let me elaborate a little bit. It means right relationship. Righteousness is to be in right relationship with him so that we are so infused by his presence that we're not struggling with temptation. It's like when we watch stuff like Kiss My Foot, right? Yeah, it's good. I love that stuff. Because I remember one time my daughter had gone home when she was just a kid with some friends. And uh, the friend's parents were drinking. They had heavy metal music going and they were partying. And so when Tamara came home and went to bed that night, Deborah probably remembers about midnight, she woke us up and said, I can't sleep. It feels like somebody else is in the room. I said, lay down with mom. Let me go in there. So I went in there and I said, not today, devil. You might have came home with my daughter, but you go and leave by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he did. You know why? Because he is so threatened by who we are. Who... We've made to sit together. The authority that we have, he knows. He probably knows more than we do who we are. So, so we don't have anything to fear when it comes to him. I just went in her room and I started thanking God, praying in the spirit. And I'm telling you, I slept like a baby and so did she. Because if, if he shows up at the house, you understand he, he's trespassing. And he's a coward as well. Because the Bible said, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That word flee is a weak translation too. It means he runs because of imminent danger. He's threatened by the God in you. He's threatened by by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So when, when we look at this passage of Scripture and we understand that Jesus comes into this world to come into our darkness so that we can understand this deep love. One of the things that Braxton kept saying to people as he introduced me, he said, he's the one that taught me how much I'm loved. He's seven months sober. 34 years old, seven months Sober, You know why? Because he understand, he's understanding how deeply he's loved and he don't have to fight that addiction when, when he's, when he's uh, in that grip of the Father's love. So I had the chance to do ministry while I was there. Uh, I was in the, the, the first time was um, on Saturday night when his boss man invited his employees, a couple of his employees, and and a couple of guys, young guys wanted to come from Sunday school, and uh, it's a big, huge Methodist church, and uh, we we got to share, and then Sunday morning we got to go to that big Methodist church in the Life Center, and there's about twelve guys in the Sunday school class, and we got to share with them, so it, it was one of those moments when I began to see the hand of God in all of it. Uh, got a text from someone yesterday while I was at Turning Point. 
said, thank you so much for the impact you're making in my son's life. Thank you. But you understand it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. Because we have the opportunity to be the reflect. Here's the thing that people already feel condemned and judged in many ways. In many ways. Let me tell you what the enemy's always crouching, looking for a wound. He's looking for a wound. When, when John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's always waiting for an opportunity to bite. So when I was a young boy living in Selma, I would cut grass for $2 a yard. And I had a push mower. I was excited. about. I could buy a model car for a, two, a couple of them at the, at the toy store. And I was just all into that. And I remember one of my cousins, he, he's a lot older. He's probably passed on by now because he lived a pretty rough life. And... Uh, just call him buddy. He said, come over. And he said, how much, how much will it be? I said, $2. Pretty good yard. I cut the yard, finished up. Never saw that $2. I mean, to this day, never saw that $2. But let me tell you what the enemy did. He, he's waiting for one of those opportunities to whisper. What I, didn't, what I didn't hear was, you don't get paid today. What I heard was, you're not worthy of that $2. Come on, you understand the lie of the enemy? That he wants us to believe something that's not true. He'll look for that opportunity so he can take... The, that's what the scripture says when the, the devil as a roaring lion, as not one... There's only one. As a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now remember when God said to the serpent, from this day you're going to crawl on your belly and you're going to eat dust. What are we made of? Dust. Seeking whom he may devour. So that means he has to have permission. Yeah. Yeah. Fell that Lord. He, he don't have permit. So when you resist him, you resist him by understanding who you are. That greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It, you resist him by the fact that you are everything God said you are. You have everything God said you have. And, and you can do everything he said you could do. You, you understand that I was thinking about I was, I was on um, Braxton's boss's four-wheeler. It was a Rubicon. It was a high-dollar automatic four-wheel drive Honda Foreman Rubicon. Never. I got a Honda Foreman, but it's a 2003. <laughs> and uh, need some work. But uh, I was on that Rubicon, and, and he said, you can hunt a couple hours and, and show me where to go around hundreds of acres. His dad had hundred. He's a cattle farmer, so 
and, and it rained. You know, it's like it's like going into the tropical forest almost, but it, it was filled, and uh, I had to shake the cows because they wanted to be fed, and they were following me on that four wheeler, <laughs> lowing as they go. <laughs> and uh, so when I finally lost them. I got to a spot that I wanted, he, he said, when you get to that peninsula, that, that piece of land, that, that little pasture park goes up into the hardwoods, he said, just get off and, and stalk around that because uh, the river's up and, and it's probably pushed the deer up into the woods deeper. And so anyway, I get out and <clears throat> I've, I've got my rocky boots on, they're leather boots that come up about right here. And, and uh, so I'm stepping across I'm I'm doing I'm just being as quiet as I can. So I found a place on the creek I could step across, and I noticed there was a it was pretty mossy over there. But I said I can do that. As soon as I put my foot on that mossy root, I fell backwards. It's, my foot slipped. I was trying to catch myself. Next thing I know, my boots are filled with water, and I'm falling backward and hit my my scope hits a root. And I get up laughing. I said, I cannot believe I just did that. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what I, I did? <laughs> what, I, what I did was I, I, I still hunted. You know, I've hunted in sloshy boots before, but it was pretty cool. You know, my feet got kind of cool, but... I didn't let that hinder me because, you, you know, you got to get your priorities in order. And uh, so, <laughs> absolutely. But, but here's, the, here's the deal. He took me around and his, his uh, I hunted his bosses. His boss put me in his favorite stand that there, he'd seen a six and an eight point and all that stuff back there hunting over corn. I had my bait privilege license. I don't have to buy a license because I'm past 65. So praise the Lord for age. Um, I just have to keep my driver's license and I have to be a resident of Alabama at least 90 days. And I think I've passed that point. So um, here's, here's what came to my mind. The whole time I'm there, it's, it's, it's an appointment. I was reminded of the scripture which Jesus said, No man or woman, having left fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, houses, and lands for my sake and the gospel, that shall not in this time receive fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, houses, and lands. And then the life to come, eternal life. That's what he said. So I couldn't help but think, Lord, you're just a, a God of your word because it, I, I, can, I can't fathom this kind of... Because I hadn't shot that 270 in 10 years. And uh, so it was like God was giving me a little nudge and say, I didn't forget. And, and you understand that he's no respect of persons and, and don't ever, ever count out the fact that God sees your your sacrifice, and, and, and what you do for his glory because somehow he always gives a recompense of reward. And uh, it's not that we do it for reward, but it just, that's his nature. And, and so when you think about that, it, it's, it's a beautiful 
Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do ministry. I want you to turn with me to another place over in John 14. In verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now I want you to look at the indwelling father and son. Verse 19, John 14. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. Now remember John 17, 3. Jesus said, this is eternal life, Father, that they know you and they know your son. This is eternal life. That's good news. So that's why I pray, Holy Spirit, show me what it's like. Jesus says in another place, no man has seen the Father except the beloved Son. But you know what he said? He said, if you love me, we'll come in and take up our boat and we'll manifest ourselves to you. So Jesus came and at one point he told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he says, I'm going to send you another comforter. He's going to take what's mine and show it to you. So Jesus said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because he's, there's a word, humosis uh, to patre, which is uh, part of the early church fathers used that to talk about that Jesus is the very essence of God. That while he's on this earth, he is 100% God. God in the flesh, Emmanuel. But he's also 100% human. That means that he relates to us, that he knows us. God came into our darkness in a human body. He said, Father, I'm going in. They're going to mock me. They're going to curse me. They're going to call me all kind of names. They're going to say, I got a devil. They're going to in their darkness, they're going to be angry. They're going to beat me. They're going to beat me till I bleed, and they're going to crucify me. But I got to get into their darkness so they can understand how much they're loved. And that sacrifice, Jesus became what we were so we could become what he is. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. That word, remember, righteousness is right relationship. To bring us to reconcile us. The ministry of reconciliation is bringing us back into harmony with the intent of God. Bringing us back into his, his love. And he says here, At that day you'll know that I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. Verse 20. Of chapter 14. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I love and manifest myself to him. So let's look at chapter 16 as well. I want you to look at chapter 16. I want this is going I want to tell you God does not do abandonment. He does not do abandonment. He's not going to leave you. That's why it's amazing 
the text I received was probably from his mom. She said, thank you. And I ask you to keep checking on my boy. And I said, I'm going to check on him regularly. And I tried to text him last night, and he was in an AA meeting. And he's a real deal. He's a great host. But here's what. I want to find this, this place. Okay, I want to read this from verse 13. He says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's why I pray every day, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me. Because I don't know everything. I know some things. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm at such a better place than I've ever been because of him because of his love for me, because of his love for you. I'm telling you, he's going he's to carry you. He's going to be there with you. And, and Jesus said, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what's mine and declare it to you. Now, if you read in... Part of the Gospels that Jesus said that Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, he said, he said we become Romans 8, I'm sorry, Romans 8. He, he says that we are fully accepted in the beloved. That's what he says. And then he says, so that everything he is, we are. And everything he has, we have. That's amazing. So being conscious of that fact, I'm not going to cooperate with the lies of the enemy because he wants me, he wants me to, to believe the lie that you're not worthy, right? You're not worthy to get paid $2. He wanted to wound me so he could bite. But you understand, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He causes us to triumph in Christ always. He says, he will glorify me for he will take of what's mine, declare it all things the Father has. Therefore, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus says, I'm not going to look to read it, but you can find it since chapter 16 where he said, all of you are going to leave me. All of you are going to abandon me. But my father, I'm never alone because my father will never leave me. He's always with me. So I had to rethink that part about what I'd always heard, but it's not in the scripture, where God had to turn his face, turn his back on his son. That's not true. If he couldn't look on sin, he wouldn't have looked on the adulterous woman. Caught in the act. He wouldn't have looked at the woman woo, caught at the well. You understand that the disciples even asked Jesus in John chapter 9 when they came to the blind man, they, they said, who sinned? 
Because this is the religion. Who sinned? Him or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither one. But this is for the glory of God. Now, John 17. Well, he sees it. He sees it. He's not, it doesn't shake him or scare him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was God in Christ reconciling the world. It's what the Bible, I believe on the cross, the Holy Father, Son, and Spirit are right there together. I don't believe, I don't think that Jesus ever. <laughs> Lost the anointing. I believe, come on somebody. Do you think he ever had, God had to kind of straighten him out? <laughs> no. Because he's in his father. And his father looks at him. They're sitting there face to face. And the father looked, this is my beloved son in whom I delight. I know the, the King James says, well, please, but he's in whom I delight. So if he raised us up and made us sit together with him in heavenly places, what do you think he might say about you? This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I delight. That wrecks all of my struggles with identity. So he said in that passage, He says, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So he talks about my peace I give to you, not as the world is. He says, in that chapter 14 of John, he says, let not your heart be troubled Neither let it be afraid. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that, that where I am there you may be also. And he goes on down in that chapter and he says, in John 17, when you get the chance, read it where Jesus is praying. And he says, Father, I'm about to, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them. Now, remember the Old Testament? He says, I will not give my glory to another. We're not another. We are one. Father, the glory you've given me, I have given to them. So think about this, this part of the glory. I want you to think about it. The glory being face-to-face with the Father. The glory I have with you, being face-to-face with you, I have given to them to be face-to-face. Jesus, so, so Jesus came to show us what the Father's like. Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the Holy Spirit comes to show us what Jesus is like. He will take what's mine, show it to you. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come to bring us into this 
amazing place of wholeness and healing and victory, rest, no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. It's amazing. So all of a sudden, I never have to call God to come when I need him. He's always there. And I can tell you in the last few days, I've been overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit would come on me in the truck. It didn't matter where I was. And I would, it was like the Holy Spirit, I, I've been praying, Holy Spirit, teach me what it's like to see Jesus living in me. Show me. And I'm telling you, he has. I can hear some stuff and, and I'll, I'll just, it'll just, the, the rivers will open. And I'll just be overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus. Yes. That's good. That's it. That's it. That's it. He, he, that day you'll know that I'm in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. So, so one of the things the Lord's dealt with me about, he said, you need to stop trying to pray the right prayer. He said, because if, you, if, if it was based on, if the victory was based on praying the right prayer, you could get the credit. Here's, here's what he showed me, and I want to encourage you to do the same. That, that's, that kind of brings this point to bear. My prayer, our prayers, are connected to the finished work of Christ. When I pray for people anymore, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, I'm about to pray for you, but it's not going to be my prayer, the, the, the formula of my prayer. But God wants me to pray. And this is the method that he's chosen. So I'm going to pray, but I'm going to pray according to his finished work. Yeah. And I said, thank you. I, I, didn't, I didn't ask. I said, Lord, just heal. <laughs> I said, thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, it's already done. That, Lord, but because of your finished work, we are made whole. Because of your finished work, Lord, we have everything we need. Now, 
I want, you, I want to tell you this last little part because I think it's necessary. I think the Holy Spirit just reminded me. He calls Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. Now, this is man in his darkness. God said, okay, let's get this guy over here. They worship the moon god. Let's get Abram. He has no clue what I'm like. He has no idea who God is. Do you understand there's religions all over the world that look at God and this God that they are imagining is a God of wrath? That's why they threw their children in volcanoes and gave them to Molech is because they had to appease their God. Do you understand in the Garden of Eden uh, when Adam sinned, uh, many people think that uh, Adam and Eve needed to appease God Uh, No. No, God already had it figured out before they ever got into trouble. And and you understand that, that when you think about this, it changes everything because God is love. If he's love from the beginning, then the way that we walk uprightly before the Lord is to understand he's living in us. He empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. So it's not in the formula or, or praying it's knowing his work has already been completed. Abram, let's get Abram. He's a moon worshiper. They sacrificed their children. Let's get Abram. So he takes him to Moriah. Remember? Take your son, your only son. (laughs) That's what he'll understand because they sacrificed their children in Ur. So... He takes him, he takes Isaac. I can't even fathom how it must have felt for Abram and even Isaac when he laid him on that altar and he raises the knife and, and God, God stops him. You know, one of the things that we miss, that I missed, Okay, Abram, I want you to know that's not who I am. I'm not who you think I am. Let me show you who I am. I am Jehovah Jireh because I've already got a ram caught in the thicket. Before you, while you were coming up the other side of the mountain with Isaac, already the ram was coming up the other side and he got caught in the thicket. I've already got a provided sacrifice for you. That's who I am, Abram. Whoa. So we see a picture here of how Father will get into our darkness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He, he discovered that God wouldn't like this moon god. He wouldn't like any of these other gods that, that, that they worshipped. He was so much better. He was a, a loving, amazing father that shows us a picture of his redemptive work. So I hope that may... Does anybody have any questions? Anything maybe I said that kind of...
know what they have them say. I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. He's not. Old things are passed away and the old law things are new and he don't need to confess that no more. Well, let me tell you what I've, I've told them. They already know me pretty well. And Josh knows I tell them too. Um, I'm a, I believe in the one-step program. It's, it's a 12-step. And I don't buck the system. God will use all of it. He will, right? So I believe when a, per, when a young man or anyone d- discovers beloved identity, it's life-changing. So, yeah. Any more questions? Any, anything that I said that maybe you're pondering? Did 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 you did did it did it speak to you what I said tonight? Did it speak to you in a in a way that you thank you? I, I'm I'm grateful. I don't want anybody to go away with with doubts or any kind of confusion about what I said. It's important to me. And here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do when you leave. He's going to remind you of some things because He wants you to know what the Father or she. <laughs> Come on, do you understand? He wants to show you what the Father's like. Show you what Jesus is like. You know, let me just clear this up. When you see the Holy Spirit in the Bible, it's he or she, it's not. Come on, somebody. That messes with religion. But God created us male and female, right? So it's amazing. Anyway, that's just free right there. Amen. That's right. That's him. Yeah. That's right. This world system is doing just what he said it would do. It's crumbling. I don't care what they do. They're, they're not going to fix it. They're not the answer. They are, I don't care. It don't matter who gets president. Doesn't matter who's up there. It's they're not the answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you, and uh, I just bless you in Jesus' name, and and I declare the favor of the Lord over your life that open doors, open doors. I'm not just. I'm not trying to manipulate anything, but I'm telling you what I know. Open doors, favor, relationships whole and healed. That you walk in the confidence to know that you were not alone. That your choices, the steps that you take, just like Walona said, that he is the fullness that fills all in all. And the glory that he has, has with the Father, we have with him too, because he gave it to us face to face. 
Father, I pray for peace. I pray for strength. I pray for victory. I pray for, Lord, this knowledge of your will. We, we pray against everything contrary. Holy Spirit, show us everything contrary to the Father's will. That we walk in the wholeness and the fullness of who you say we are. That we are the beloved of the Father. We thank you, Lord, for the next thing you do is going to be even bigger than the last thing you did. And we thank you, Lord, for life and love and laughter. Thank you, Lord, for the hope, uh, Lord, beyond the scope of human limitations. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you.